When we first started talking about this series, When Pigs Fly, I immediately thought about this experience that I had while I was on a trip to Israel in 2016. It was my very first trip. If you've never been to Israel, you've got to go because it really takes the Bible and turns it from like black and white to color. But I remember arriving in the region of Galilee, which is where Jesus did most of his ministry. Most of the Gospels were written uh, in, in this region known as Galilee. And we arrived there, got to our hotel, checked in, got our luggage there. And my hotel room had a balcony that overlooked the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful, extraordinary view. I walked out on the balcony and um, I, I, I looked across this lake and I, I, I heard sounds. It was really, it was kind of puzzling. I, I could hear things from across the lake and I couldn't really make out what was going on, but maybe you've been you know, on Geist or some other kind of lake and you've heard someone from another house across the lake and kind of hear very vividly what they're saying. And I didn't make much of it until the next morning, our guide, asked us all about it. He said, hey, did you guys hear the, the noises that were coming from across the lake? We said, yeah, like, what, what was that? He said, well, there's a, there's a town over there, so you're probably hearing just some, you know, some scurrying sounds of the town, but that's the town of the region of the Gerasenes. Now, immediately, I, I knew the Gerasenes, that's, that's Mark chapter four and chapter five, where Jesus heals the man that is demon-possessed, who's living in the tombs. And the guide goes on to explain this to us, that everybody there in that city, which is where we were saying Tiberias, or in the city of Capernaum, which was a, a neighboring city, they would have heard the cries of this man who was demon-possessed. But nobody dared to go over to the other side, because the Gerasenes was a Gentile region, and Jews did not associate with Gentiles. They thought they were defiled, they thought they were unclean, and so they never went over to the other side of the lake. On top of that, you wouldn't go to the other side of the lake because if you ventured over across the lake, you could get caught in a very dangerous storm. We went to this mountainside where they, they showed us this valley that uh, created some interesting weather patterns on this small lake. Uh, there, there would be a, a wind tunnel that would come through um, and, and it's almost like, like the effect that you would have where you would take a straw and you would blow across just, you know, a cup of water. Uh, when wind came through the valley, the Valley of Doves, it created this effect where weather, where storm could uh, just come out of nowhere. And so fishermen, especially, never took a boat across. Anytime they wanted to go somewhere that was near the other side, they would go from port to port to port to port. So you take a couple of these things, this guide explained to us, the fact that the Gentiles were over on the other side of the Gerasenes, they were unclean. It was completely dangerous to go over to the other side. When Jesus in Mark chapter four says, let us go across to the other side, you can imagine the bewilderment of the disciples. In fact, I imagine they probably said something like, yeah, uh, when pigs fly, and, and I just wonder if Jesus was like, we'll see what we can do about that. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning just for, just for waking us up. We thank you for what, you, what you've already done this morning in the other two services. And we ask that the same energy, the same attention to your word, Father, is in this service. 
And we ask that you remove me out of the way like you have in every other service. People's hearts are being convicted and and encouraged and confirmed. And we just want to see you show up again and and just do the miraculous in the hearts of those who are under the sound of my voice. It's in Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Hey, my name is Rashad, and I like to kick off every service that I do with some energy. I'm already starting to lose my voice because of the first two services. So I want you to be here in the room with me. What I do is I say, good morning, Mercy, and you say, good morning, Rashad. That goes for online as well. Give it up for the online community. Like, give it up for real, right? Like, no golf claps for the online community. We love you, online community. Thank you for being here. We really don't believe that this is anything special that we do, but that it's God who has led you through these doors, that it's God who has put you online. And so we just, I, I like to get the energy in the room and make sure your attention is ready for the word of God. So when I say good morning, Mercy, you say good morning, Rashad. I've already heard Radish in the first service, and I heard Richard in the second service. So I need you to get this right. It's Rashad, okay? I've been here for three months now. You could get this, right? Good morning, Mercy. Oh, I love that. I don't want to mess it up. We're just going to keep that right there. That was good. That was excellent. And so here we are in in opening up the series, When Pigs Fly. It's an idiom, as they call it, of basically saying it's impossible whatever you're asking us to do. You want us to go to the other side? When pigs fly. You want this person to be saved? When pigs fly. And so we're going to tackle that. But the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, sorry, Davey, you threw me off. I was like, I just saw you up there. You're not even supposed to be here. I'm so sorry. That just threw me off all the way. But look at this. Look at this. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk about why we asked Davey to do the the video. You get special because Davey's here for this one, right? Uh, Yeah. Give it up for Davey. There we go. There we go. So we were talking, we were discussing this series, um, and, and me and Davey were excited about it. And I started doing the whole, like, yeah, the scholars said that the sea is like this, and the storms are like that, and this one commentary, and Davey was like, huh, I was there. Right? And, we, and I was like, oh, you, like, you've really been there? Or like you watched it? He's like, no, no, I was there. And he started describing it to us. And like, I was like, that has so much more power than me talking about the scholar or the commentary. When you have somebody, a source who was right there at it, I was like, the power and the confidence. And he even had a video. I didn't even know about the video until I, I saw the video, right? And so I was like, man, you have to tell that because the power of it coming from you, the source of it coming from somebody that was an eyewitness, it changes the words because the power and confidence are all, in words are always based on the source, right? And so that got me thinking this morning because I was thinking of a way how to say segue from Davy to me. And I was like, how do I bring him into what's inside the room, right? So I went back to kindergarten. In kindergarten, I had this teacher named Mrs. Patterson. Mrs. Patterson was an excellent kindergarten teacher, but we didn't get off on the right foot. You see, my mama taught me my alphabet, right? And so when I got to Mrs. Patterson's class, she told me that what my mama told me was good was wrong. But see, my mama was my source of truth. My mama was the power and the confidence. So I'm in kindergarten class, and I'm like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, M, N, M, O, P, right? Like, everybody knows this M, N, M, O, P, right? I'm a, I'm a kindergarten. Give you some, give you some credit here. And, and Mrs. Patterson said, um, Rashad, it's L, honey. 
And I was like, excuse me, there's no such thing as an L. It's M-N-M-O-P, and this is long before Eminem existed, right? But in my mind, mama said that was good. So if mama said good job, then when I get in class, M-N-M-O-P is the answer. And I, was, I got in trouble because I talked back. Who you calling, honey? I ain't your name. Anyway, but, but then also, 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 on the flip side, like I remember being at home, and we had one TV, and we had to watch it in, like, in turns. So me and my brother, me and my old, well, my younger older brother, Andre, we would be playing a video game or we'd be watching ESPN. And so my little brother, Marquette, would come in and be like, Tom's up. Get off the TV. It's time for Doug. Anybody remember Doug? Yeah, yeah. It's time for Doug. And we like, man, the Lakers are playing. Like, I ain't turning off the Lakers for some Doug. So he would leave and be boo-hooey because we'd talk about him and pump, you know, punk him and all that good stuff. But he would come back and, like, kick the door in with this new power, right? Like, pew. Mama said, you better turn off that TV or else. And like had all this power and all this confidence, but he didn't realize we weren't going to turn the TV because of him. We were going to turn the TV because mama said, right? Right? And so I say that, like, what does that have to do with anything going on, right? When we're looking at Mark 4, verses 35 through 41, as we're getting ready to get over to the other side, as Jesus said, the first thing I want to look at is who is the one talking? In, in Mark 4, verse 35, it says, On that day when evening came, he said to them, Let's go over to the other side. And my big question is this who is he? Like, who, who's he? Amen. All right, there we go. He, you see that? Some of y'all still don't know who he is. Look at that right there. But look at this. But look at this. Jesus. She said it. She raised her hand. You see that excitement? Like, I wish y'all had the same kind of excitement as that right there. She couldn't wait to say that he is Jesus. And I didn't plant her there. That's all her, okay? That is all her. I do know her, but I didn't plant her there. So anyway, what I want to do is I want to go and just kind of look at who the he is according to what the Bible says, right? So in John 1, look at this. In John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. This is he. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Verse 14 of the same chapter. It says, and the word, there's the he again, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. One more passage over it. Excuse me, over in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 1, I want you to see this as well. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says this about him. Ah, There we go. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, has spoken to us in his son. That's the he, okay? Whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. In other words, this he who's saying, let's go to the other side, it's the he through whom God made the world. And it says, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. In other words, if God was to take a selfie, Jesus is the picture that pops out. He's the exact representation of his nature. And look at this. And he upholds all things by the power, by the word of his power. That's the he that says, let us go to the other side. And if you just start there with who is the he 
that is talking to disciples, you'll see how this story becomes kind of comical. But see, they don't know what we know at the time. See, you and I have no excuse. See, that same he is the he who said, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I, can, I command and know that I, who? The he. I am with you. And so when Davy was talking about how there were some reasons why it would have been preposterous, like illogical to go to the other side, those same things rest with us. But why if we know who the he is? Like, think about this. Think about this. He said one of the reasons was that it just didn't make sense to go straight across. In other words, it would have been like disbelief. And sometimes for us, it's disbelief or discouragement that keeps us from going to the other side. Like, I just don't know the gospel that word, James. I just don't know it that well to, to actually win people over. He's like, I'm with you. You're like, man, I didn't go to seminary. He's like, I'm with you, right? Like, like all those things that you think you need, that you think would keep you from going to the other side, they won't re they, they'll reject me. They won't receive me. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. All those things are removed in the he that said, go make disciples, right? But then for some of us, it's, it's just flat out disgust. See, Davy said on the other side was a Gentile country. And it would have been a demoniac, right? A demon-possessed man, a demoniac. And for some of us, it's not a demoniac, it's a Democrat. Mm. <laughs> yup, I said it, I said it. For some of us, it's a Republican. For some of us, it's the Trump hat-wearing person. It's the Black Lives Matter. It's the Kaepernick. Whatever these labels are, right? These labels that create the sides, he is the one that said, let's go to the other side. But you're so disgusted with the labels of the world that you're looking like, yeah, when pigs fly. Why? Because I don't want to go over there to the other side. They don't agree with my political beliefs. They don't agree with my biblical beliefs. But this is who we are called to go to. This right here is the all nations. This is the all tongues, the all beliefs, the all Trump hat wearers and the Biden voters and all these things that have divided us is who he told you to go to. But instead, instead, because of your disgust, it's when pigs fly, right? But the he, the he from the beginning, the he who holds all things, the he that, was, that, that is God, wasn't just with God, but is God, is the he who has called you to partner in with the work with him. This is one of the most beautiful parts of it. In the, if you get underneath that wording, it wasn't a command. I thought it was a command at first. I was like, man, he commanded them to go. No, no, no. He had already determined in his mind that he was going. And he invited them to partner in with the word. The word invited the disciples to partner in to the work. And he does the same with you and I today. So what's holding you back? If it's not because you're not disgusted with people and if you're not discouraged, then it's just flat out disobedience. It's the, well, they got boats. Why don't they come over here? I said it. I said it. Oh, I'm about to run out of here, ain't I? Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And so, and so this, is, this is where I love Mercy Road. This is where I love my church, right? Because we put things in place for you to step in that boat to go on the other side. Everything that we've developed here is to get you to go over the other side. We've put everything in place for you. We can start with the very simple obedience of an Easter sign, right? Easter's coming up. We got Easter signs out there. We ain't got no more because everybody took them. We'll have some soon. That's all right. And if you got some, pull them out and put them in your yard. Why? Because that's the other side. You see, some of you don't realize you ain't got to go to Africa. You just need to go to your backyard, right? There's somebody across the street who gets on your last nerves. 
That's the other side. There's somebody in your office place that's on the other side of your cubicle that chew with their mouth open. That's the other side. Like, think of all these things that are just people you don't want to reach for the kingdom. That is your other side. And something as simple as a yard sign may may seem gimmicky to you. It may seem like, no, but this is the real deal. That alone is looking at the other side and putting up a flag that says, I believe in Jesus. And you may not come to church on Easter Sunday, but you can knock on my door. And I will tell you the good news. But we don't want to do that. We got these outposts. We have an outpost called Go and Do Likewise. It is literally, you get involved with their outposts. They go out and they just do community stuff, right? They just go out to reach the other side. We got this new outpost called the Hub Life. Yeah. Hub Life, stand up real quick. Y'all, not, y'all scared to stand up? See here. My wife, the only one not standing. Anyway, sit down. Sit down. So look at this. This Hub Life, right? It's a, it's a group of people who was, who was in, if you walk in to your left, we got these new letters up there called the hub, okay? It's a little room that we had our rooted experience in. And we've been in there for eight weeks, and we realized, like, there's a whole bunch of people of all different types of everything. There was, there was white and one black. Um, there, 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 was, there was different, like, tax brackets. There was different, like, everything, right, in this room. And we created this amazing intimacy in that room where we just start loving each other. And we had these, these, these moments where we start talking about our strongholds and we just got n- naked in the room before one another and was just real. And we was like, how do we give this to everybody? How do we take this and multiply it? And we said, well, Sundays is extremely hard because you got one service, another service, another service, and the host team does an amazing job out there. But how much can you connect in that like 10 minutes in between services? So we went to Josh and was like, hey, man, can we create a space for deeper connections so that we can reach the other side on a Sunday morning. And if you give us about, mm, about a month, we're going to have that thing up and popping. But on the other side of that, the outreach part of it is this. If you want to connect with your community, if you live in a housing addition and you're like, Rashad, I'm all in. I am fired up to reach the other side of my community. I just don't know where to get started. We bring the block party to you. I'm going to get over there and Rick it, Rick it, DJ a little bit. And, and, and like, we're going to come and we're just going to put on a block party for you to invite the community to your house and whoever sticks, you can start the rooted group with them right there. They don't have to come back to this because we want to meet them where they're at on the other side. Amen? This is what it looks like when you listen to the he who says go make disciples and go to the other side. When you really see he for who he is. And he says to the disciples, let us go to the other side. So look at this. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. So I want you to see this. Like, there's different accounts. This is called a synoptic gospel, right? And so there's three different accounts of this story. There's another, there's another account of this in Matthew, another account in Luke that tell the same story just from like a different angle, right? And so in the Matthew account, something I found that was really nice was that this was a seismos storm or a size is where we get our word seismic most people uh excuse me when we use that word it means like earthquake anything seismic is earthquake and in the new testament all other occasions of this word deals with an earthquake this is the only time that it deals with the storm so this was a foundation shaking storm right has anybody ever encountered in their life a foundation shaking storm People, amen, yes, yes, yes. People ask me all the time, right? What are these wristbands about? They're like, oh, that's cute. What are those, right? 
But they don't know, like, this is Phil Tucker, who was going to be a deacon. And a month before we got to make him a deacon, a tree branch fell on him and killed him. They don't know that this one right here is Louis Urbanzik, who my first, my first week of full-time ministry, I'm in a hospital for a week. He's in a coma for two and a half months. This is one of my, one of my best friends at the time. And they don't know that this one right here is um, Cameron Allen. Cameron Allen used to call me Uncle Pastor Shad. Uncle Pastor Shad, she was 13. She was 12 when she got diagnosed with cancer. And she died a year later on, on Valentine's Day, and I was in the room. Earth shaking, foundation shaking, storms. Wind, waves, water filling up the boat as they were going over to the other side. And what do you do in those moments? Because let me tell you what happened with them. This is what happened with the disciples. The wind and the waves and the water was filling up the boat. Jesus himself, verse 38, it says, Jesus himself was in the back of the boat asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You see, when the wind and the waves and the water starts to fill up the boat, it starts to shake the foundation of the word. The word said we're going to the other side, but the wind, the waves, and the water made them believe something else. I want you to think in your life, like, have you been in that situation? Because I have. See, I, didn't, I wasn't a Christian my entire life, and there was a moment where I believed in God just enough to know something, but I didn't believe in God. I just knew about him. And my mama had said, hey, God will never give you more than you can handle. You know how that goes, right? And so here we are having a son named Exodus. And Exodus is born, and they tell us, they tell us he's going to be okay. You can go to sleep. He's premature, but he'll be okay, right, Eric? And so they wake us up in the middle of the night, and they say, come say goodbye to your son. In this moment, it's a, it's a foundation-shaking storm. And with the wrong foundation, you best believe it shook us. Because in my mind, God will never give you more than you can handle, right? So I'm looking at God, and you know what I'm asking him? Do you even care? Are you even awake? Are you even there? Because mama said, God will never give us more than we can handle. And you know, man, looking at my life, I believe that I deserve this. I'm my, but my wife and my five-year-old daughter, how, how could you be God and allow this into the life? And here's the thing. Some of you may be looking like, well, you was in sin or whatever. But let me, here's something neat about this text. It was their obedience that led to the storm. See, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. They obeyed. They got in the boat. It was the obedience that led to the opposition. The storm wasn't because they were some disobedient sin. They were doing what they were supposed to do. When we ask you to go make disciples or to go into your communities, you best believe there are some wind and some waves that are waiting on you. The question is, what do you know about the word? What do you believe about the word when the wind and the waves and the water starts filling up the boat? They woke up the word, but they woke up the word to question who he was. You see, you can come in church and you can sing Have My Heart every single Sunday. And I'm not going to sing it because Isaiah's been killing it. So I'm just going to keep, I'm not, not even going to set myself up to try to do that, right? But what happens when, when singing Have My Heart on Sunday means you got to show that on Wednesday? Huh? 
It's, it's so much more than this ritualistic religious thing that we do in America. Like, this is not it. And mercy, thank God that's not who we are. But let's not get complacent with it. And think because we've planted these churches and we sent out this and we got all these outreaches that the work is done. The harvest is plenty. It's the workers that are few. It's the ones who get in the boat that are few. And so we sit here and I'm asking you, what do you believe? Because I guarantee you, everybody in this room has either been in a foundation shaking storm or they're on their way into one if they're being obedient. And so as we call you into obedience, we're actually calling you into storms. But see, you're not supposed to see those as obstacles. You're supposed to see those as opportunities. Opportunities for what, Rashad? Well, let's read the text and find out. It says in verse 39, and he got up. Now, Eric, if I was back at my mama's church, look, Dave, you already know. If I was back at my mama's church and we talking all this, I would have set it up to just, right, James? I would be like, and the Bible says he got up, right? Like, just like that. Like, he got up, but I ain't going to do that. I'm going to wait for y'all. Y'all got to catch up. Y'all got to catch up a little bit. But, but the Bible says he got up and re- <laughs> the organ ain't up there. He, ain't, he over here sitting there. <laughs> So the Bible says he got up, Josh is going to get me for this, <laughs> and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. Like, like, be quiet, shut up, right? And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. Here's something neat about that. When you're, when you're like on the side of a beach or something and, and there's a motorboat that goes past, it causes waves. Even after it's long gone, there's still waves. This hush be still that created a mega calm, as it says, or a perfect calm, not only did he stop the storm, he stopped the waves. Come on, man. Not only did he stop the storm, he stopped the waves. He stopped the cause and the effects. That's the power of Jesus. That's the he who told you to go make disciples. So look at this. After he does that, it says in verse 40, and he said to them, why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Another account, in the Matthew account, it says, it says, oh, ye of little faith. And, and when he says that, it's not this tender, oh, ye of little faith. It's a rebuke. Every time he says it, it's a rebuke. Ye of little faith. Like, what's going on? But my favorite account, the Luke account, says, where is your faith? You see, you got to ask yourself this question. When you guys got into the boat, where is your faith? Where was your faith? Was it the boat? You thought the boat was going to get you to the other side? Oh, oh, let me guess. It was your row, row, row of boat skills, huh? Right? It was you that was going to get you to the other side. Oh, did you just check the forecast that morning and, and, and you looked up and, and was like, you know what? We good. We can go straight across. We ain't got to go port to port because the weather's good. Like, where was your faith? Because you have it. You put it in something. You got in the boat. And for many of us, we come in here and... And we do a head knowledge thing, and we even go through the baptism and all that. And I'm not asking you to question your salvation. I'm just asking you to examine your faith. What do you actually believe? Because you may say the stuff, you may do the stuff, but then when the winds and the waves come, it's like, what did, what did you actually believe when you said that he died for you? And that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you won't go to the other side to reach that person, because when pigs fly, you just don't think that person can be saved. Where was your faith? Where, where was your faith in all you? I thought, I thought the Bible said anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. 
I thought the Bible said, I thought the Bible said, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe he was, he, he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So why is that person too far? This is why we say it's a hospital for sinners. But do you believe that? Because if a sinner comes and sits next to you, will you reach to the other side? This is why we say no one is too far to be reached for Jesus and discipled into a passionate relationship with Jesus. I don't know the saying yet, but when we say it, what we're saying is there's nobody too far. Do you believe it, though? Where was your faith when, when, you, was, when you were saying it in the church or when you typed it online and made the Facebook post? Where was your faith? So Jesus says, where is your faith? And it's crazy because it's, it's like the wind and the waves must have been speaking in some type of way because he rebuked it. He told the wind and the waves to shut up as if it was saying something opposite than him. See, this is where it, this is where it comes in. This, this is where it comes from, right? Like the, the wind and the waves of life will speak to you. And they're going to tell you something opposite than Jesus. It's no different than the garden. Are you sure God just doesn't want you to be just like him? Satan spoke something opposite than God, and that's what caused the fall. So, so right now, what are the winds and the waves saying to you that are keeping you from obeying the command and going out and making disciples and reaching the other side or simply just persevering through the storm? That's what I love about this text. See, in verse 41, it says, they became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? In other words, they thought Jesus had, had uh, calmed the storm, but he actually had caused the storm within them, right? They thought they woke Jesus up, but Jesus woke them up because this storm made them question, who are we with? And that's the beauty of this. You think the one who controls the weather didn't create the weather? You think he didn't know? He's the best forecaster of all time. You know, y'all know how indie forecasters are, right? Like 50% chance it's going to rain. So if it rains, I was right. If it doesn't, I was right, right? Like, no, 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 no. He knew what was coming, and he allowed them to go into the storm. Why? Why? So that they could see him for who he was, but even more so they could see themselves. Like, think about this. The Bible says many will say, Lord, Lord, and I will say I never knew you. The other side of that, the other side of that is you never knew me. And sometimes it takes a storm for you to see what you actually believe about he. So God will allow you to go through the storm so that you can see what you believe about he. Now, here's what I want to say as I get ready to close this down. And as we get ready to have the band come up and all this. If you go back to verse 35, that's where the, the key to the text is. Luke 4:35. See, he said, let us go to the other side. All the peace that they were looking for in the middle of the storm, they got in verse 35. Because if Jesus says we're going to the other side, then we're going to the other side. Jesus looked at them and said, look, Josh, look, I'm going. You should come along. The other day they had a, they had a, a, a skating rink thing. Matt and Megan Mellinger, they had this skating rink party up here. And they invited me at the last minute to come DJ. And I was a little bit busy. I was like, man, I ain't going to be able to do it. I tried to move my schedule around, but I was like, I ain't going to be able to do it. The next day on Facebook, I saw what I missed out on. Matt told me, though, he said, look, man, we want you to come and DJ, but we're going to be fine with or without you, homeboy. We got Spotify, right? He's like, we got Spotify, so with or without you, 
We're going to have an amazing time. We're inviting you in. That's what Jesus is doing for you and I today. He's saying, with or without you, I'm going to the other side. I suggest you come with me. I'm inviting you into the work. So why don't you get in the boat and come to the other side with me? So for me, I don't care about the wind or the waves because I know the word, right? The word says, if he is for you, who can be against you? The word says, he who started a good work will finish a good work. The word, look at this, look at this, y'all. The word says, oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? So when I go out to make disciples, I ain't worried about the world because I got the word. What's the most this world can do to me? What's the most these wind and these waves and this water that's filling up the boat can do to me? Kill me? Jesus conquered the grave. So what can death do to me? So we're asking you not to walk on water. We're asking you to walk on the word. To step out of here and walk on the word. If he said it, that seals it. If God fails to be faithful, he fails to be God. So I need you to step into that. Not what I say, not what I preach, not what Davey says, not what Josh says. None of we, all we're doing is regurgitating what we know. We want you to believe in the word, not us. And if he said it, you believe it. He is Yahweh. He keeps his promises. There is, there is, look at this, look at this. We're about to sing this song called Man of Your Word, right? And I'm telling you, when that thing get to bouncing and you believe what you're singing, if he said it, that I believe in, you get to singing that, you feel a different way when you actually believe it. Makes you want to run through a wall. Y'all feel me? Y'all feel me? So look, we're, we're going to bow our heads in prayer, and then, we're gonna, then, then, we're, then I'm going to lead out in communion. And then, we're gonna, and, then when, and then when y'all get up to sing that song, look, y'all better sing. Now, I don't care if you don't know the words. Just bounce with me, right? Because, because of this. Because Jesus is worthy. Because the he who was in the beginning is the one who was called for you to step into the work. I don't know about you, but I get so excited knowing that me, the, the one who wasn't worth it to the world, many people who are even in this room probably wouldn't have came to the other side for me, but he came to the other side. He humbled himself and he died on the cross for me. And so when he asked me to get into the work with him, I don't know about you, but none of y'all was worth it. All of y'all deserve hell. He died for all of us all of us and he asked you to step into the work with him so I'm stepping in that boat and I don't care what comes my way because the word is with me let's bow our heads and pray Heavenly Father Father we thank you this morning for all that you've done for all that you've shown us in your word Father help us in the midst of the waves and the wind and the water Father help us Father to depend on the promise for our peace Father, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who just doesn't know your son, Father, we beg you. We beg you that they surrender now and believe in the word that says that they are not too far away. That your son died so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life and will not per perish. Father, I'm, I'm just thankful for the privilege to even be up here because you saw me. You heard my cries and you came to the other side for me. Anybody in this room right now, Father, you came to the other side for them. And it's because of that that we should step with anticipation, Father, and expectation that you got more work to do and you choose to do it through us. Father, your son could have walked on the water, but he chose to go in a boat. He chose to use people who were not worthy of being used, Father. And he does the same with us today. May we humble ourselves before him. 
And may we know that he is worthy, worthy, worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the sacrifice. Father, you've called us to be living sacrifices. Father, may that be the, the challenge, but also the encouragement, Father, for us to go make disciples in your name. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.